Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. Well, I'm just going to jump right into it. I'm so glad to be with you on this Wednesday night. And if you saw maybe online that the topic of my sermon tonight is Paul's amazing race. And I'm going to tell you right up front what I hope you get out of this. Number one, a greater understanding of the great salvation that we have in Christ. And also, number two, that you will appreciate at an even greater level the treasures that are in God's word as we get into his word tonight. So could we start with a moment of prayer? Lord, I thank you for every person that's in this room or that will hear this online. I know that you want to speak to them. I know as we've sung about that you love them, that you see everything and you deeply care. Tonight, Lord, let your word, which is light and life, bring hope, bring comfort, bring consolation and clarity in Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, I want to first start talking about just races in general, and I don't know what comes to mind when you think of a race. Maybe it's the Olympics, like the 100-meter dash and the gun goes off, and these athletes that are like amazing machines run for 10 seconds and cross the finish line. One of them does. Or maybe you like watching Olympic swimming, where they go back and forth, and you're just waiting to see who's going to touch the wall first. Or maybe you're like Bruce and I, we're watching excerpts of the Tour de France right now, that bike race, and I don't know if you watch, that is crazy. When they get to the end, they're just going like this, and they're just, one, one of them's trying to get across the finish line, or Formula One with the race cars, in and out, somebody just trying to get across that finish line to be the winner. Or maybe you've watched, how many have watched that show, The Amazing Race, on TV? I I mean, that's a popular show. Do you know that's been on since, uh, I think it started in 2001, if I'm, yes, 2001, 34 seasons, 396 episodes, and basically, if you haven't seen it, I should have somebody that watches it come up and tell us, but I guess it's, it pairs of two, and they have this, tell me if I'm right, Erica, (laughs) pairs of two, and they travel around the world, and they have different things they have to do, and whoever gets to the end first, people get knocked off, they win a million dollars. Is that pretty much it? So, okay. Well, um, races are amazing. Races are fun, and if you know me at all, you know that I love to run marathons. I'm going to talk a little bit about that tonight, but but mostly what we're going to talk about tonight is Paul's amazing race. And uh, basically, when I talk about that, I'm talking about his salvation journey. And it was a few years ago, I was just reading through uh, Philippians, and uh, read through Philippians chapter 3. And I just have to see three of the amazing aspects that we all experience 
in our salvation journey. So that's what I'm talking about when I talk about a race. I'm talking about our salvation journey. And we're going to look in there for some hidden treasure, um, just like many aspects of the Word of God. Um, But we're going to read the whole chapter because it's Wednesday night and we're going to dig into the word and read the whole chapter of Philippians 3. Is that good? All right. Let's, Let's do it. All right. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and it is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I've often told you and now tell you even with tears walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And they glory in their shame with mindsets on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven And from it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body that by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. Amen. Thank God for his word. 
So we are going to look for those three amazing aspects of salvation embedded in this chapter. Number one, we're going to look at uh, Paul's pre-race. Okay, let's look. That's toward the beginning there. Let's just put this out there. Paul thought he was already in the race, okay? He already thought he was walking with God. And he had done everything to outfit himself for this race. He'd been down to REI. Everybody knows where, who, what REI is, right? The outdoor store where you get everything you need for your camping, for your hiking. He, he went there and he got his stuff. He got his backpack. He got his sleeping bag. He got his boots. He got uh, his clothes, the right clothing. He got the right pans for when he was out cooking. He got those freeze-dried packets of food. He got everything for his race. Circumcision of the people of Israel, stuff in his backpack, of the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, Pharisee, persecutor of the church, righteousness under the law. He was blameless. He packed his bags and put those on, and he was on his race. But can you imagine how far you can go, even with your water bottle and your little freeze-dried packets of food, how far can you go with your own effort? It's like religion. It's heavy. It's exhausting. That guilt, that shame, because you can never do enough. You always wonder, how do I know? Because I lived like that. Hoped I was going to go to heaven, pretty sure I wasn't. Just tried to do good things, but knew. I, didn't ha- I just didn't have confidence that I was going to be with God for I didn't understand the gospel. If he were trying to get in that race and maybe he was going to go up the continent of Africa, had that backpack on the water, how far would he really make it with no outside help? How long would that water bottle last? Or maybe South America, start at the bottom, go to the top. Exhausting, don't make it, that's religion. He thought he was in the race, but he wasn't. Until the day Jesus met him and changed his life forever. And then you know what he realized? All that stuff had to come off. That backpack, that sleeping bag, all that stuff that he thought he needed to be right with God, it all had to come off. Verses seven uh, through eight, he says, for whatever gain I had, I counted it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing work of Christ, knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. So the first part of Paul's race is what we call justification. And it's uh, in the ESV study Bible, it, it says you're freed from the guilt of sin. Paul was trying to do it on his own. He, was, he thought he was doing God a big favor by all the things he did, and he found out it was nothing. And he met Jesus. What, right, what justification means is that you get a new 
nature. You get a new declaration over your life. I have a little visual here. <laughs> this is all of us as humanity. 100% sin. This is our nature. We can't change it. We can't try hard. We can't put the backpack on. It's just who we are. And the Bible says that God, in 2 Corinthians 5.21, says, for our sake, and we'll just say this is Jesus. Jesus is here. Just work with me. <laughs> um, he always 100% righteous. The Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. All of our sin was placed on him. And oh, was that a cost. What that cost him. Okay, the physical pain, but the weight of the sin of the whole world, being separated from his father while he was paying the penalty. Oh, how he suffered so that we could receive this gift. And we could have this placed upon, just like our sin was placed upon Christ. His righteousness was placed upon us. And Paul found that out. He said that, uh, he said, where did he say that? He said, in verse 9, he said, I'll be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes through the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness of, from God that depends on faith, God's righteousness placed upon us. And now, because of that, we can get a new verdict from God. Because when we're this, we all get the same verdict. Guilty. Guilty. And have we all felt it? When we're apart from Christ? I know I have. But when we get this, when we receive the free gift that Christ paid such a big price for, we not only get the verdict not guilty, we get the declaration righteous. Hallelujah. Oh my that is such good news. And it's nothing we can earn. It's a gift from God. And Paul realized that and it changed his life. Thank God. Now that he's received this grace, he's been justified. He's been declared righteous before God. Now what does he do? Verse 10. He says, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, <clears throat> becoming like him in his death. So now that he's right in right standing with God, he's on a journey with God. He's walking with God. He's in a relationship with God. Just like in the amazing race, they have a partner. Paul has a running partner now. Paul has somebody he's journeying with. Who, I mean, who better than God to be a running partner? I'm just saying. <laughs> I know as a marathon runner how important it is to have a friend to walk with you, to keep you going the days you don't feel like it. And, God, and Paul now has God, the Holy Spirit, living inside of him, walking with him. And his desire is that he might know God. And the Bible says knowing God is eternal life. 
And he has the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of him, empowering him as he goes. And he desires to share his sufferings. That word uh, sharing, koinonia, having fellowship with God. It's all about relationship now, not his religious pedigree. Where is this relationship taking him? It brings us to our second leg of the race, and that is sanctification, being saved from the power of sin. So the first leg, justification, being freed from the guilt of sin. Now, the, re- the second leg and Paul was on it his whole life, and we will be on it our whole life, is that process of being saved from the power of sin. But let's look at verses 12 through 14. Now, we know Paul already gets this. He gets that he has received Christ's righteousness, okay? But look what he says. Not that I've already obtained it, or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I don't consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So he realizes that even though he has received the righteousness of God, he's not perfect yet. And none of us are. How many can say, boy, since the day I got sinned, not one time sinned. Nope. Oh, the hands are going up. No, they're not. Just kidding. Uh, (laughs) As Paul's walking with Jesus, and as he's getting to know who he is, and what he loves, and what he doesn't love, he finds out he wants to be more like him. In his, in his thought life, he wants to love like God. He wants to be kind like God. He wants to be holy like God. And then he finds out there's things <clears throat> that don't please God, and he takes those off. He's on that walk with him. He's on that journey with him. And he might find a few things he forgot to take off at the beginning. Maybe he left a hatchet in his pants. Whoops. You know how sometimes you try to help God out, and you're like, no, he doesn't need my help. That pocket knife. No, he lets those things go. (coughs) But we're going to be in that for the rest of our lives. uh, uh, In my ESV notes, it says, Paul's life is purposeful, for he constantly aims toward a heavenly goal. He is, uh, he's on a journey with God, and he knows that he's on a, a goal to be with him. Which leads us to our third part of the race. And our last part of the race. Paul's received Christ and his righteousness. He's walking with him by faith. He's sharing, having fellowship with him. He's desiring to become more like Christ and let go of anything that doesn't glorify God. And it brings us to our third leg of the race. Glorification. There is a day coming when we will be free from the presence of sin forever. Forever. Let's find it in Philippians 3. Verse 20. Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, 
who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. What's the prize that Paul is looking for and what is he waiting for? And that, uh, ver- that word there in verse 20, wait, it has a kind of eagerly waiting. He's eagerly waiting for that day when he's going to be with God. Our prize, what we've been saved for, what we've been being saved for, is to be with him for eternity. Uninterrupted fellowship with Jesus. Also in my ESV notes, the prize is the fullness of blessings and rewards in the age to come, most especially being in perfect fellowship with Christ forever. Can you imagine it? We will be saved forever. No more sin. No more sickness. No pain. We'll have glorified bodies. Jesus is going to transform these bodies. We're going to still be ourselves, but they'll be glorified. We're going to rule and reign with him. We're going to explore. We're going to create. We're going to have perfect fellowship. You'll never fight with anybody again. You'll never get mad at anybody again. (laughs) Or they'll get mad at you or whatever. (laughs) You'll never have a bad thought ever. Ever go through your head. Never. No guilt. No shame. How that helps us in this life when we know there's a day coming when all the wrongs will be righted because there's wrongs and I know wrongs have happened to you in this room or online. It's all going to be righted. Disappointments. Things we don't understand. Laughter. Free to love and live the way God always intended us to live. Free. Free. And it will never, ever change. Forever and ever and ever. That is our great Christian hope. Remembering all these things, and maybe you can add on more. We'll have some time to talk at the end. Gives us hope. It gives us perspective when we don't understand what's going on in this life. Why is this happening to me or didn't happen to me? Why am I still waiting and and things? Gives us hope because there's a day coming when we'll be with him forever. And remembering this now, why is it important to talk about this now? We know it's coming, but why is it important for us to talk about now? Because we as Christians need hope from time to time, right? (laughs) So I brought my little goo packet. I don't know if you can see this. If you don't know what it is, believe me, I didn't know what this was until I started running longer distances. (laughs) It's basically a packet of like a, it's an energy gel. 
And when you start running longer distances, your body gets depleted of glycogen and you need to kind of you know, put a little reinforcement in you and you need it about every hour. And so even though you're, you know, you, you've got enough water, you need some, sometimes you need a little extra. And you know, we have li the living water. We have Jesus all the time. But sometimes we just need a little hope. We just need a little reminder that it's all going to be okay. That there is a day coming. As I mentioned at the beginning, races on this earth usually have a winner. And you're always excited to see who the winner is. The amazing thing, if you're in the amazing race, like Paul... And if he were here, he'd say, come on in. It's a great ride. Everybody who's in the race wins. I told you I was going to say a little bit about my marathon experience. The very first race I ran, it was up in Seattle. And um, I was getting toward the end of the race. And in my mind, I was sprinting. If you saw me in a tape, I probably looked sad. But in my mind, I was sprinting toward the end there. <laughs> and I crossed the finish line. And I got a medal. And I got this little space blanket. And then I heard my name over the loudspeaker. Carol Fiddler from Linwood, Washington. And... <laughs> And believe me, I did not win that race. I did not come in first or second or third or anywhere close. And they said, my name? All I did was finish. I just ran across the line. And God wants to encourage you tonight to just stay in the race. I don't know what God you're going through, but God does. Ask him for a little hope tonight to keep you going because there is a day coming where we will all cross that finish line and then we will be with him forever free from the presence of sin. The guilt of sin was finished at the cross. The, the, the power of sin is being uh, we are overcoming by the power of the Spirit every day. And then there is a day coming where it's just no more. And we're with him forever. Isn't that an amazing race? Thank God. So I just want to end by asking, are you in the amazing race? Have you trusted in Christ alone? Have you got this new verdict over your life because of the work that Jesus did? Are you walking with him, allowing him to continue to conform you into his image by the powerful Holy Spirit? And have you thought about ruling and reigning with Christ one day in your glorified resurrection body? Does that bring further hope to your soul? I hope so. I want to pray, and then I'm going to give you guys time to go over these uh, questions together. 
God, remind, thank you for reminding us tonight of the amazing race that we can all experience, just like Paul did. We can know you, we can walk with you, and we can look forward to being with you forever. I pray you would comfort every heart that came in, maybe disillusioned tonight, maybe discouraged. Fill them with hope tonight. Help us to think about our glorious future and help us to remember to be grateful every day for your great salvation. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And just in case you want to have a little fun, um, you might find something very similar to this, you know, justification, sanctification, glorification in 2 Thessalonians 2, if you feel like doing a little treasure hunting. I'm telling you, as you... I'm sure you well know, the Bible is just full of treasures. And I encourage you to treasure hunt that deep, rich word of God. And if, if you just want to turn to a neighbor, and can we put those questions back up? And just uh, take a couple minutes and talk to your neighbor, and then we'll be done.